Hey kids, welcome back to the next episode of the Incredible Kids Podcast. My name is Moritz Siri, and I will be your host through this incredible journey. We are going to meet many incredible kids. They are going to share with us their stories. Some of them super cool and different like you've never heard before. And some you may say are just ordinary, but all of them incredible. If you have great ideas, email me today at ikidspodcast at gmail.com. And now it's time for Incredible Kids. It's time for the joke of the day. Yay! Today's joke is brought to you by Penny E. from Crown Heights, New York. Why did the lady throw her butter out the window? Because she wanted to see a butterfly. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Incredible Kids Podcast. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Mosaic Press. They have a code that's still running strong, KIDS18, for 18% off of the website. And thank you to our friends at Yidflix. This has been such an incredible Yantif season so far, starting off with Rosh Hashanah. I spent Rosh Hashanah in the incredible city of Cincinnati, Ohio. And little did I know that there were so many incredible kids listeners that I got to meet over there from four-year-old Ben Sion to the big Klinkowitz girls. And the reason why I say their name is because they deserve a special shout out. We made an event in Cincinnati, a beautiful davening and kiddish for girls. And we could not figure out what to do because it was Shabbos and it was Rosh Hashanah, which is Yantif. And you know, you have to say like, good Shabbos, good Yantif. And every girl who walked into the room, we said it again, good Shabbos, good Yantif, good Shabbos, good Yantif, good Shabbos, Yantif. And it's such a zechus to be able to say good Shabbos and good Yantif. But at times we wish there was a way to shorten it just because, you know, you're saying it to all the kids who walked in, so we had a vote. Can you think of an abbreviated way to say good Shabbos and good Yantif, but in a shorter version? We had two really cool ideas. We voted in the group and our group voted. My girls, Devora and Ahuva and Leora came up with good Shmantif. And Ricky and Rosie Klinkowitz came up with good Yumbus. So we can't figure it out. There, the girls in Cincinnati voted on good Yumbus, but we're not sure. So can you tell us what you like? Do you like good shmantif or good yumbus? Let us know. It's a really important debate. Let us know at ikidspodcast at gmail.com what your opinion is so we can vote there too. Before we start this incredible episode today, I just want to say that we have a special Chol Hamoid trivia game show episode coming out on Matzay first days of Yontif. So that means on Sunday night, check back Incredible Kids on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you podcast for a really fun, family-friendly trivia game to play on the way to your favorite Chol Hamoid destination. And today, it's getting close to Sukkot. You might be listening to this before Sukkot, on Cholamoid, or maybe even afterwards. But Simchas Torah, to me, is the highlight of it all. It's like everything is exciting. Sukkot is awesome. Seven days of spending time in our holy, holy Sukkah. And then Simchas Torah is like the culmination of it all. It's at the end of all of it. And it really comes after Sukkot. But it's something that I personally look forward to. I don't know. It's the kid in me that loves it. It's the candy that goes for me. It's the singing. It's the dancing. It's the being with friends and just being happy and celebrating our 
our Torah. And that is just such an exciting day. And I figured this is our chance to just really, really talk about candy and some Hasorah. So this episode is devoted just to that. Really, any kid can really have a good schmooze about candy. And that's really just all I want to do at this time of year. We have an incredible guest named Ellie all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. Ellie is going to tell us what his highlight of some Torah is. And of course, I know that that's like the reason why most kids are excited. And that's completely and totally normal. Phew, I'm normal. But to balance things out, we decided here at Incredible Kids to bring on a dentist. Shout out to my daughter, Devorah Price, for coming up with this idea all by herself. We were walking past a candy store a couple weeks ago in the summer, and she said, you know, kids love candy. We should interview somebody about candy, and then we should also interview a dentist. And then I said, hey, that's awesome. Let's do it before some Torah. So here we are. So thank you for that idea. And thank you to Dr. Strum, who is a dentist from Baltimore, who is going to be telling kids and adults all about the importance of taking care of our teeth. But don't worry, he still allows candy once in a while. And finally, stick around for an incredible interview with Rabbi Schwartz, a candy man for the last 45 years living in Yerushalayim. He is going to give us a perspective that hardly anyone gets to hear about. Lucky for us at Incredible Kids, we get to hear it all. We asked our listeners, how excited are you for Simchas Torah? Tell us why. Here's what they had to say. Hi, my name is Dovi and I'm nine years old and I'm very excited for Simchas Torah so I could dance around the Torah and be very happy. Hi, my name is Khani and I'm 11 years old and I'm excited for Simchas Torah because of the candy. Hi, my name is Yaris. I'm five years old. I like Simchas Torah because I see all the Tatis dance and I get a lot of candy. I'm David, I'm seven years old, and I'm so excited for Simcha's Torah because I get to dance with the Torah and I get a lot of candy. Hi, my name is Mitzvah, and I'm four and three quarters, and I'm excited about Simcha's Torah because I want to have more Simcha's in Hi, my name is Tamina. I am 10 years old. And the reason I'm excited for Simchas Torah is because it's really fun. You get to see your friends. You go to shul. Plus, you get lots of candy. And who doesn't like candy? I love candy. Bye. Hi, my name is Gil. I am 8 years old. And I love Simchas Torah because the men throw candy out. And you get to dance around in a circle well, when the men are dancing, and it's very special. Hello, I'm so excited for Simchatoa. My name is Akiva. I'm five years old. I'm so excited for Simchatoa because they show me my go to Ohamizwach, and Ohamizwach is my favorite show because then when we're done doing the singing, we got candy. Hi, my name is Kaya, and I'm eight years old, and I'm super excited for Simchatoa because I get lots of candy and I get to fill my ZD's lollipop hat. Hi, this is David, and I'm eight years old. And I love Simchas Torah because I get tons of candy. 
Hi, I'm Nakia, and I'm eight years old, and I'm excited for some tour because I love all the candy that we get. Hi, my name is Yaakov, and I'm five years old, and my best thing about Simchastor is I got a lot of candy. Bye. Hi, this is Shava, and I'm six years old, and I'm excited for Simchastor because I like all the dancing and all the candy that I get. Hi, I'm Solomon, and I'm six years old. I like to go to Simchastor to dance with my daddy. Hi, my name is Leia, and I'm five years old, and I'm excited for some customer because I like getting rush and I'm making a flag. Hello, my name is Shlomo, and I'm seven years old, and I'm really excited for Simcast Pyro because I get an Aaliyah. Wow, these kids are excited for all the right reasons. And that is so, so beautiful. Dancing with the Torah, candy. Let's talk about all of it. I've been to some shuls that literally give each kid the entire package of something. And that's like a little crazy. At one point, I remember one of my kids got this like humongous bag from a a shul that we don't usually go to. And she looked inside the bag and she's like, what do I do with this? (laughs) It was like an entire package package of let's say Twizzlers and then an entire package of sippies but not like one it was like too much so it was like you know I'm like you know what I'll take it and then as a mom I liked it because I was able to put it away for Shabbos party and other things in the future but the excitement of getting an entire loaded bag of something or just collecting candy is something that I remember from my childhood and I have such a strong connection of the Torah dancing happening at the same time and I really think that that strong connection is so important so it's not just about the candy and eating the candy and eating the candy we're also going to try to appreciate like why we're having this candy why do you think Hashem wants it that we should be so joyous on this day and that's the beauty of some Torah that I hope all of us can really learn to appreciate join me as I welcome Ellie our first guest on the program today from Memphis Tennessee hi Ellie welcome to incredible kids hi can you tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from how old you are what grade you're in go for it I live in Tennessee. I am seven. I am in second grade. Amazing. Tennessee. You don't hear that every day. What city are you from in Tennessee? Memphis. Memphis. Whoa, that is really cool. We should really talk about Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah is like right after Sukkot, and Simchas Torah is like my favorite part of the whole Yantif. I decided that this episode is going to be all about candy, kids who go to shul and get candy. So does that sound like you? Yeah. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Okay. So Ellie, what is your favorite kind of candy? Cherry gummies. Yummy, yummy. Can you get them where you live? Sometimes. Mm. It must be hard to get kosher candy where you live. There's one store that has like a lot of candies. When do you get the candy that you love? Like when are you allowed to have cherry gummies? Whenever you want? If they have them, I have a candy stash or sometimes I take candy from my candy stash. Who gives you the candy? My mom. When's a good example of when you get like a lot of candy? Shabbos. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Shabbos is a day that kids get candy? Because we go to the shul, so my mom gives who, me candy. Do you have a candy man in your shul? Yeah. Who's the candy man? He's probably um, like the guy to know in Memphis. I think his name is Poppy. Do you know where he sits? He usually comes out of shul sometimes, like after shul. And then everybody gets candy. I finish. Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with dew? 
cup for eating chocolate and the miracle or two. The Candyman. The Candyman can. So he waits till show is over and then I he mean, gives out candy to, to anyone he sees? Uh-huh. I mean, a lot of people just go to him and then they ask for candy and then he gives. I want candy! I want candy! I want candy! What kind of candy does he have? Taffies and airheads, lollipops. Once a year comes some chastora and once a year comes Purim. And I don't know, do you agree with me that those are like the biggest candy days of the year? Uh-huh. And that's like when candy is like crazy. I don't know. Do you think it's too much candy or a good amount? Like too much sounds like maybe it's not a good thing. What do you think about all the candy on some chastor mm-hmm. that kids get? Sometimes too much. Yeah. What happens when you eat too much candy? I mean, I never eat my candy, basically, but sometimes I do. Are you a candy eater, like gobbler? (laughs) Or a candy saver? A candy saver. Why? Because I'm going to have a lot of candy, then I can eat it when I want. You want it to last longer. Yeah. You could have two kids in the same family. They'll both get the same amount of candy and one kid will just gobble it like in one shot and the other one will like you have a stash. You said you have a candy stash, right? What is a candy stash? What does that mean? I save candy. It's like a place where you keep your candy, right? Some people have a money stash, a place where they stick all their money. You have a candy stash. Where do you keep your candy stash? It's just like in a jar in my garage. My brother also has one. Why? you think kids love candy so much because it has sugar in it and what happens when you have tons of sugar you get wild does that feel good Mm, sometimes i get wild sometimes and that's fun but did you ever notice what might happen to a kid who like has tons of candy so first they have tons of candy that you said has tons of sugar then they get crazy wild and then what happens after that um the parents get mad the parents get mad right What else might happen to the kid, though? He might get hurt. He might get hurt. These are all very true possibilities. Did you ever hear of, like, a kid getting cuckoo afterwards? Like, they're so crazy that then they, like, have, like, a tantrum or, like, we call it, like, they crash. Like, they just lose their mind for a little bit. They get wild, 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 and then all of a sudden, they lose it. For sure, with very little children, you see it happening a lot. Like, they just completely go crazy afterwards, but not, like, the good type of crazy. Like, the type of crazy, like, get that kid out of the house, right? Sometimes. And sometimes, you might also just get a huge stomachache, and you just might feel like, oh, why did I do that? I think too much candy on a regular basis. It almost sounds like a Bernstein Bear story. Do you ever read the Bernstein Bears? I think I read it before. Like a lot of their titles for their books are like the Bernstein Bears and too much this and too much that. So I feel like it's probably one of their books, the Bernstein Bears and too much junk food, too much candy. Then we have teeth problems also. <laughs> Then comes Simchas Torah. It's coming up really soon. Explain to me from a kid's perspective, like you're eight years old and you are lucky because you're able to like go wherever you want in the shul. So tell me what it's like to be an eight-year-old boy on Simchas Torah in shul. Like it looks like the funnest thing ever. Tell me about it. Dancing's fun. Sometimes they do what's it called, the thing that they are going on shoulders. Are you too big to be thrown up for Moshe Amas? I'm not. People do it to me. Yeah. Josh, the Hain. Who is he? Like a friend? Yeah.
lot of the boys are dancing together. Uh-huh. Like all the boys in the shul. What's yeah. the name of your shul that you go to? Um, I think it's um, called Young This year, do you think maybe you'll get a chance to dance with the Torah? Maybe not hold it, but like touch it and kiss it and go near it? Yeah, I did that yeah, last did that. year. Do you realize how special that is? So cool. Yeah. You could go so close to it. Only once a year. Like no other day in the year do you like dance with the Torah. I mean, it's Simcha's Torah, so we're celebrating the Torah, right? Uh-huh. Wow. So why do you think there's tons of candy on Simcha's Torah? Like, why? Um, because it's a happy time. It's a very happy time. And if candy makes you hyper and happy, then that's the perfect thing to have for Simcha's Torah. It's like the perfect time to get hyper. So I think that for kids who like hyper things... Simcha's Torah is like a huge, exciting thing for them. I don't know. Maybe there are some kids who have a harder time and they don't really like being hyper. And maybe crowds make them like overwhelmed and dancing makes them nervous. And maybe for them, Simcha's Torah is not as fun. But for kids that like love being hyper and love being wild, it's probably the best time ever. Uh Then there's this really exciting part of the Simcha's Torah day where like everybody gets to have an aliyah from the Torah. So we're celebrating the Torah. There's dancing, hakafos is when we go around the bima so many times. And then everybody splits up into different places so that every single man and or boy over bar mitzvah in the shul can get an aliyah to the Torah. Start noticing it because you're eight years old. So a couple more years till you're going to be big enough, but everybody gets to go to the Torah and they say, you know that part? And then everybody answers and they do that. They take all the Torahs into different spots in the shul. And then after when they're finished, they have an aliyah for all of the kids in shul. They, they call Na'aram, all of the children. And they all come and they spread out the talis. And what do they do under the talis? Do you remember? They sing Hamalach and everybody sings. The fathers who are holding it or the men in shul holding it. And then all of the kids underneath it. Jewish children singing Hamalach under a talis together. It's a beautiful sight. And it just makes some people tear up and cry and stab in. So tell me about some Kastora candy in your shul. Like what happens? How do you get the candy? What do they give out? They give out half ring pop. They give it out in a bag or like loose candy that you have to collect? You have to get the candy from them. Like they prepare it in a goodie bag? No, there's like every time there's like a break and you get candy more every time. Ah, so they give it in like different parts. You're always excited for more because they keep coming out with more. They don't give it to you all in one shot. Yeah. Cool. Does that make it more exciting? Because you're always like wondering what's next. Yeah. I like when they give it out at once. Because then you get to eat it like right away. But when you eat one candy, you have to wait. Mm. How would you feel? Because you're a candy saver, right? You're the kind of kid that has a stash of candy. It would probably make you very upset if, like, you noticed that something was taken from your candy stash. Am I wrong? No. (laughs) Okay. How would you feel if you got tons of candy on Simchas Torah and you were so excited and you came home and you put it away and then the next morning you wake up and it's gone? Somebody took your candy. What would be your reaction right away? Like you open up your candy drawer in the garage and you're like, like what? What would you do? Scream. (laughs) How would your screaming sound? I want more candy now. You would freak out. Who took my candy? This doesn't happen every day. I worked really hard. I didn't even eat it. I saved it, right? And then if somebody said, I was just tricking you, it's right here the whole time. That wouldn't be such a funny joke. 
Uh-huh. Don't mess with my candy. A lot of my conversations when I was your age were probably about candy with my friends. And my earliest memories of going to friends' houses are checking out their candy cabinets. If my friend had a good candy cabinet in her house, then I wanted to be at her house. That's how it works when you're a kid. And some kids don't really get so much candy. How do you feel about that? It's It's really sad, right? Every family is different. Some families have more strict rules about it, but hopefully those kids get some candy in school at least. Ellie, thank you so much for coming on to Incredible Kids Podcast. And remember that you are an incredible kid and have a really awesome yontif and a really fun Simchas Torah. And I hope that whoever throws you up for Moshe MS throws you up really high in the air and have a lot of fun. Good luck with your candy stash. Bye. Bye. At this point, I've been telling you about Mosaic Compress for a few weeks already. Since then, I've had so many listeners say to me, wow, we got this book, we got that book, we got the book My Special Uncle. A friend sent me a picture of her beautiful Rosh Hashanah table with 39 things you can do on Shabbos for kids. And then she said, we're going to learn it this year. We got the book 1001 Facts About Israel. But there's so much more. So if you haven't yet, taken a moment to go onto the website and check out mosaicopress.org. Look at all of the incredible titles that they have. There's books about parenting, so that's obviously for the adults. There's books for everybody in the family to enjoy. And at this time, you can go onto mosaicopress.org and use the Incredible Kids coupon code KIDS18 for 18% off of your purchase today on the entire website. The books of your choice at 18% off, and that's a lot. So go onto the website, check it out, enjoy some new books, and let us know what you chose. I love to get good book recommendations. I think that a good home has lots of books. If you find a book on Mosaic Press that you love, let me know about it. So I haven't yet read every single book that they make, but I would love to know about your favorite book. So what's your favorite Mosaic Press book? Let us know and check out all of their incredible books today. And now back to this episode. And now we are ready for part two. Here is Dr. Strum, a dentist, and also an incredible kid's dad from Baltimore, Maryland, who is going to share with us his opinion on kids eating candy, some tips for us to know when we go to the dentist, and some really important good hygiene and dental routines for us all to be able to practice at home, for sure after some Torah, but the whole year round as well. Hi, welcome Dr. Strum to Incredible Kids. Thank you, Marathiri. It's so nice to be here. First of all, are you an incredible listener? I am an incredible listener. In the car, that's the first podcast that comes on. Awesome. My kids know so, them all by heart. So great. So as you know, as you know, but not our listeners, I put on my WhatsApp status. Can everyone nominate their dentist? You know, anyone who loves their dentist, suggest a dentist to come onto the podcast because I have a very special reason why I need a dentist. And lots of people answered. Shout out to your wife, Rifka. She said, my husband, Dr. Strum, he wants to be on, he'll, he'll do it without asking you, right? He nominated you. That's what nominating That's is, right? So I like that because I think it's really special. And I also know that your children are incredible kids listeners. So that's also another brownie point. Oh, and I was looking for a very specific kind of dentist. I said, there's one condition. I don't know if you know this. Do you know this? No, I don't know this. Okay. Well, I said he has to be okay with candy because like, I know this is like a little interesting, but like, it's very important, you know, to take care of our teeth, but I need this dentist to be normal. So you know that my, my very first paying job before becoming a dentist, I was a photographer for a candy store. 
What does that even they're mean to be a photographer for a candy store? That was like my first place. The candy store is a store here in Baltimore that sells right. candy and, and like Shabbos and Yom gifts and things like that. I took photos for them and worked on their website a little bit. And that was my first paycheck. Look at that. We come full yeah. circle. And exactly. now you're getting candy out of people's teeth. Huh. So tell me a little bit about what it's like to be a dentist. I am a dentist in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm an associate dentist. I work for another dentist who's wonderful, Dr. Wilcatch. He's great. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Dr. Wilcatch. He's great. I go much. to him. He's my dentist. More to oh, his dentist. fantastic. Well, maybe I'll see you around there. It's mm-hmm. great. Um, and it's, it's wonderful. It's a very rewarding profession. And in our practice, we see everybody from age zero to 100, 120, I guess. I'm enjoying. Awesome. When did you become a dentist? I graduated in 2021, then I did a year of residency, and I've been by Dr. Wilcatch for just over a year. I just celebrated my one-year work anniversary there. Wow, Mazel Tov. Is that a Mazel Tov? Sounds like it. It's a, it's a Mazel Tov. I still have my one-year-old balloon hanging above my chair that the <laughs> office staff bought for me. And we had That's really sweet. It was wonderful. One thing about Dr. Wheelcatch's office where you work is that everything is purple. Did they get you a purple balloon? The balloon is gold, but everything else in the office is purple, yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. The chairs, the wallpaper, the cabinets, everything's purple. Mm-hmm. The bib, the bib. The bibs are purple. There's even a bubble machine now that is purple. I have to check that out. I don't know about that. Yeah. Cool. What made you want to be a dentist? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I wasn't sure um, that I would be a dentist. I was planning on going to medical school at one point. You thought um, you were going to be a doctor. I thought I was going to be a doctor of some sort. So I did all those courses. And then while I was doing that, I shadowed a little bit in um, pediatric medicine and, and I shadowed a little bit in dentistry. And I've always liked doing little tinkering and fixing stuff with my hands. I made cufflinks at one point and mm. sold a lot of them. Um, so I, I always liked doing like little fix-it jobs like that. It was something that really piqued my interest to be able to use those skills to be able to help people. And so I ended up taking more stuff for dentistry. That's so interesting. So you knew you wanted to help people, like something like a dentist is similar in that way, where it's like a doctor, Mm -hmm. right? You realized you had like a a talent and you enjoyed working with your fingers, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Little details, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you're filling someone's cavity and you are not good with your fingers, then that could be really bad. (laughs) Yeah, it could be uncomfortable. Yes. (laughs) To say the least. When you were little, did you like to go to the dentist? So that's a funny question. I actually loved my dentist. I liked going to the dentist because my dentist had a tank of poison dart frogs in his office and a really great arcade and a fish tank. And so his office was very exciting. So cool. Did I like going to the dentist for cleaning? No, I probably blocked it out. I can't remember that part. The only part (laughs) of the dentist's office that I remember is the tank of and the it's really cool. It's true. Those things that I'm going to say extra, but they're not really extra. They're really the main thing. The dentist is act like the the drilling is the extra part. The main thing is really the frogs and the and all that stuff. You know, I have very strong memories when I was little. I used to live in Connecticut when I was like four years old, and I remember they going have, to the dentist. They have dentists over there. They have dentists in Connecticut, but I'll tell you why that's important. 
it's not just a random fact. We had a great dentist. He was just so fun. He had a prize machine in the front, like the twisty thing with the, you get a quarter, you stick it in, you get a prize. We and have one we, of those. You know, you know that, Mara Theory, right? We I do know that. I went to this dentist and then we, my family, when I was five years old, moved to Muncie. And, you know, I'm sure now there's great dentists in Muncie, but we just really liked our dentist. So we would travel back to Connecticut when we wanted to go to the dentist because wow. we really, that's how much we loved our dentist. So my point is that a good dentist, like I'm sure you are, especially for kids, is so important. And I guess now we'll talk a little bit about what kids should know from a dentist. So you're a dentist, you have your own kids. What do you tell your patients and what do you tell your children about brushing teeth and all that fun stuff? So like you were saying, if it's really important to establish a wonderful dental home early, like you had, like if you build that connection with a dentist or an office that you're comfortable going to, it makes it much easier to go throughout your life when things happen, you know, and things shouldn't happen. But if if things happen and and someone, you know, gets hurt, gets a cavity, whatever, much easier to go to a place that you're comfortable with. And what I tell my kids and my patients, your teeth are so super important. Your whole body is connected and it's so important to take care of everything. Just like we exercise, we eat healthy. It's important to brush our teeth at least once a day, if not twice a day. I always tell my kids, at least I know everyone says it's so important to brush twice a day, but it's so hard to get that morning brushing in before bedtime is super important to brush. Why? Um, to, to get off any of that soft food that's sitting on there throughout the day. What happens is so why, have, why, the morning. What about the morning? Why is the morning so important? Morning is important to brush because every 12 hours, the bacteria builds up again and we need to clean off our teeth. <gasps> While have, you're sleeping. So even if a kid says, but I didn't eat anything in the night, so why do I have to brush my teeth it's like what's the difference great question brush after breakfast if Mm. you're brushing brush before bedtime so that you're you know you're getting your toothpaste on your teeth which helps to protect your teeth from cavities cleaning your teeth off before bed when we sleep our saliva is kind of like a car wash for our teeth Throughout the day, it's rinsing stuff off at night when we go to sleep. So whatever's on there is just sitting there. We don't have as much saliva. We're not swallowing, swishing around. So everything just kind of sits on there. And any bacteria that's on there kind of just has a party overnight. We eat candy right before bed, then the bacteria are able to eat that sugar and they have a party. We don't want bacteria having a party on our teeth. That doesn't no, that's so gross. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Right. And why not? Um, why don't we want bacteria growing on our teeth? I mean, it sounds gross, but why do we really not want that? So we naturally have bacteria in our mouth, just like we have in our tummies and anywhere else. The problem is that bacteria eat sugar. So anything with a lot of sugar, whether it's candy or juice or energy drinks, the bacteria will eat that sugar and then the bacteria produce acid, which also doesn't sound great. The acid breaks down our teeth and over time, the breaking down of the teeth causes holes in our teeth. And the bigger the holes get, the more uncomfortable I get. That, that's what, that's mm. what a cavity is. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I see. Now I get it. Now the pieces are falling into place. Thank you for explaining that. Now I understand why dentists sometimes, when they explain it to kids, they call it sugar bugs or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a bug. It just means that there's sugar on your tooth that's almost acting like a bug because from all that's going right. to go on, eventually, not like in two seconds, but if you don't take care of your teeth, it's going to go little, little, little bits at a time until there's a hole, which is also, like you said, a cavity, which... Right. Outside of our tooth, which is called enamel, it's kind of imagine like a Lego wall, lots of little like Lego wall pieces and the sugar bugs slowly break down that wall it'll start to crumble and when it crumbles that creates that cavity that then needs to be fixed 
Right. You should take care of all your teeth, but especially like once your baby teeth fall out and then you got a second set of teeth because when your mm-hmm. baby teeth fall out, you have new teeth, the adult teeth. Those teeth are your only other, there's no third set. Like, right. It would be if nice you lose if we were a tooth, <laughs> You're toothless. Right. That's correct. And unfortunately, there's plenty of people who become toothless as they get older. It's so nice you came to visit old granny. You know, mm-hmm. teeth don't necessarily last as long as we do, and we have to take good care of them. And sometimes, unfortunately, even if we take such good care of our teeth, there's also genetics involved, and some people are prone to have more mm-hmm. of bad types of bacteria in their mouth or right. things like that. That means that, that like, so, sometimes it's just how your body's made, so you still have to try to keep it clean and try and try, but all because you have a cavity. Like, if you're a dentist, if you tell a patient that you have a cavity and they really do work really hard, it's not because you're doing something wrong all the time. Correct. No. And and people have to understand that because sometimes, you know, you'll go to a dentist and they'll make you feel bad that you have a cavity. It's not necessarily always a person's fault. And some people get turned away from their dentist because they feel like, oh, I went and they made me feel horrible because I have 10 cavities. Sometimes it's not their fault. And sometimes the dentist's job is to figure out exactly what's going on. There's lots of stuff out there to help people take better care of it's great that you're understanding. I'm sure that when kids are, or adults come to you to the dentist and they're like nervous a little bit, number one, they don't want to have a cavity, but they're also just like embarrassed because like a lot of times I always say this, by the way, we just had Yom Kippur and I always think this when I'm at the dentist on Yom Kippur, we stand before, okay, this is a total mushal. Obviously the dentist is not Hashem, but we we stand before Hashem on Yom Kippur and we say like, Hashem, I'm so embarrassed. I I did all these things wrong. That's how I feel when I'm at the dentist. It's like very humbling. I stand in front of the dentist and he says like, did you floss your teeth? Have you been brushing twice a day? Do you blah, blah, blah. And like, and I'm like, um, I, I try my best. It's like scary a little bit. So it's nice, to, it's you know, it's nice if you could have a dentist who's nice, but also like, it's good to, it's good to be a little nervous. Maybe that will make you, you know. <laughs> I remember as a kid, like, like my mother would say, like, it's time to go to the dentist. Your appointments in like two hours or whatever, and we would like run to the bathroom and brush like really hard till we bleed, you know, like thinking that now they're gonna think I flossed for the last six months, you know. <laughs> right. So I, so I tell sometimes I patients. If they come in and everything looks super clean, that's also boring for me. I don't have that much to clean. So occasionally <laughs> when something things are very dirty and you have to get all that stuff off. It's not great for the patient, but it makes my job more exciting. It's good to have that humor also. It makes people yeah. calm. The worst thing that you can do to your dentist, let's say you really don't like them, you want to cause trouble, Oreos or cheese curls, eating those before you come into the dentist, make everything look like cavities or orange gunk. Absolutely the worst. Okay, I'll try to keep that in mind. No cheese curls or Oreos. No Oreos. Stay away. (laughs) Okay. Also, like, what's up with dentists talking to people while there's like stuff in their mouth? Yeah, this is a question I get asked a lot. I'm naturally, I guess, more pretty shy person. So maybe, you know, what people would be able to talk back to me, I wouldn't necessarily talk to them in the first place. But if they can't say anything, and all the conversation has to come from me, you know, it's a little bit easier. Interesting. So you find it easier to talk to them because they can't say anything back. I don't know, maybe. But like, why? Is that like, like every dentist that I've ever been to, they all do that. Like, I'll be sitting in the chair getting my teeth cleaned. And the dentist is just asking, like, Oh, so what grade are you in? Like, was you know? Oh, like, right. are so you that, new to town? And then you're like, uh, 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 uh. That, that's the best time to talk to people, honestly. Just Why? 
the best. Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer for you. I think all the dentists back in the day, they just decided that was like the appropriate thing to do. And it's just, So it's basically, there's no answer point. that you know of. No. If anyone knows the answer, please send it to ikidspodcast at gmail.com. If you have a good answer, we'll give you a shout out on the next episode. So anyways, it's almost Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah is synonymous with candy. Synonymous is a fancy word for means the same thing. Synonymous. It's just like when I think Simchas Torah, like if I ask a kid, I'm going to say Simchas Torah, what's the first thing you say? Usually it's candy. Hopefully it's also Torah, but candy. (laughs) It's actually for a very beautiful reason. Candy is delicious and sweet, and we want our connection to Torah. It's a celebration, and kids have to appreciate the beauty of Torah and the joy of Torah in the same way. So for kids, it's candy. Adults like to have meat and wine and maybe women like to have jewelry or whatever, but kids like candy. So like that's their celebration of the Torah. Mm -hmm. But my question to you is, as a dentist, what advice would you give to kids on Samchas Torah, especially on that day? I mean, I'll ask you about candy in general, but also Samchas Torah. I tell this to patients all the time because people will come in and say, oh, I was eating, you know, Mike and Ike and my tooth started hurting me. In my professional opinion, the only candy is worth getting cavities over are Jolly Ranchers and Sourless. Wow, those are good That's, choices. Yes, agreed. I told this to a patient once and they left the office and came back the next day with a bag full of sour lips. It was wonderful. As embarrassing as this is, you'd think, you know, in a dental office, the the bag wouldn't get touched. It'd be sitting in a corner. It was gone within the day. But that being said... um, Basically, don't eat Lego candy to like make your teeth. Don't eat Lego candy. Don't eat things that are super hard. If you are a gum chewer and you enjoy chewing gum, there's plenty of gums out there that are sugar-free. Look for an ingredient called xylitol in there, and that's a gum that those sugar bugs can't break down and turn into acid, which will break down your teeth. So, okay. Uh, a sugar-free so sugar-free gum, gum is, is a good option if you like that. Okay. Yeah. And nothing that, that sounds like or rhymes with jawbreakers. Candy once in a while. Some perm, special occasions. Parim. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, these things, they, they make the yum to sweeter and that's okay. Candy once in a while is fine. But make sure that you are brushing your teeth afterwards. You brush your teeth. You brush your teeth. Especially before bedtime, you don't want those sugar bugs sitting on your teeth overnight. Um, right. And just, you know, take care of everything. I would never say there's, you know, a no candy ever rule. That's not my thing. But if you're going to eat candy, you're going to eat things with sugar to take care of your teeth as well. That's very good advice. This is an interesting question. Let's say at Simchas Torah. In Simchas Torah, kids get insane amounts of candy. Not normal. Like, they just throw it out and everyone's grabbing and then they come home and they have like a four-gallon Ziploc bag filled with candy. If your kid comes home with a ton of candy, right? You're a kid, you get tons of candy. Is it a better idea to just have a Simchas Torah filled with stuffing your face, gnashing, gnashing, gnashing the whole time, and then you're done for the day? Like, come Yantif is over, no more? Or should you just like keep a stash with you in your room and like just slowly eat and you're like it's not a big deal I'm just having one too you know so that's a that's a very good question so probably is better to eat them all at the same time and then be done than to go ahead and continually doing it because the way that cavities work like we talked about before is it's a slow gradual breakdown so the more Mm -hmm. often you have the sugar your body doesn't have a chance 
to get rid of the sugar bugs and things like that. So let's say every hour you have another candy, your tooth is not recovering and the acid levels are higher. And so things just are continually breaking down as opposed to eating everything all in one day, getting a tummy ache and things like that. <laughs> right. And tummy then you, ache. Then, yeah, tummy ache, it's worth it. Fine. To be expected. Exactly. And you get that out of your system and then that's it. Okay. Finish all four pounds of candy on the same day and then no more. That's great advice. That's great advice. I know there's also all sorts of deals parents make. They say, I'll buy it back from you, donate it somewhere. So there's all kinds of, or you could give it to your family's candy stash. Right. I'm pretty sure Dr. Wilkes' office, before I got there, they had some kind of Simcha Sora buyback program. I'm not sure what the, the rate was. But you could bring in candy and exchange it for some. Oh, that's great. Those were some really, really good messages. One thing I learned is that you recommended that it's actually better to brush your teeth after breakfast. It's hard to remember. Like, let's say like, even like logistically, if you have an upstairs and a main floor and then you're finished breakfast and you're running to school, you know, you have to be very, very planned out to keep your toothbrush in the downstairs bathroom. I don't know. But, you know, it's just an interesting concept to to think about. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Brushing twice a day is important. Brushing before bed is the most important because then you're not eating or drinking anything afterwards and stay nice and protected. Before bed. But I would hope that most of us do that already, but we could all use those reminders. Mm, You'd be surprised. (laughs) You wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Also, when you brush your teeth, it makes your breath smell better, people. Kids, it's 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 an important, it's hygiene, good hygiene. Yes, very true. Mm -hmm. Well, enjoy some chastorah. Have a good yantif. I hope you get a lot of sour lips and Jolly Ranchers. And thank you you for joining us on Incredible Kids, Dr. Strom. This was awesome. Keep up your good work. Thank you so so much. Shout out to Adira Strom, Yoni Strom, Boaz Strom, and Itai. Okay, beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hey, incredible kids and families. Are you ready for a video streaming experience that's kosher, ad-free, and filled with fun? Introducing Yidflix for every member of the family. From Uncle Maishi's catchy tunes to the Shazak Parsha series, Yidflix has something for everyone. You could choose to pay per month or do it for the entire year. And here's the clincher. There will be no ads that pop up with something inappropriate that you don't want your kids seeing. And they update their content every single day so you'll never run out of things to watch. Go to Yidflix Y-I-D-F-L-I-C-K-S.com. Follow the link in the show notes and sign up today. For today's final interview, we have a third perspective. This is the incredible perspective of a candy man named Rev Ruvain Schwartz, or like the kids say, Rev Schwartz. Well, actually, he did tell me that the kids don't really call him anything because they don't really even know his name. So if they were to call him something, they would call him Rebbe Schwartz. But Rebbe Schwartz has been a candy man for over 45 years. He lives in Israel. He goes to multiple shuls there. So our Israeli Rushalayim listeners might know him by face. You see his picture on the episode artwork, you might say, hey, I know that Candyman. But he's speaking on behalf of Candymans all over. We have Candymans in almost every shul, if not more than one, in places all over the world. And I'm always kind of intrigued by Candyman. Like, how did they become a Candyman? What makes them want to give out candy? And now I have the opportunity to ask all of the questions that were brewing in my head to a very special Candyman who is going to share with us his story. Let's welcome Rabbi Schwartz. Hello, Rabbi Schwartz, and welcome to Incredible Kids. We're very excited to have you on today's program. Thank you very much. Kids everywhere around the world are gearing up 
emptying out their pockets to fill up with lots of candy. In your role as Candyman, where you live in Eretz Israel, you probably give out lots of candy all the time. And I kind of want to hear from you a little bit about how you became a Candyman and tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I'm a Chazer Tshuva. I was not born Orthodox. My parents were very religious, but not observant. So you didn't grow up in a Torah home so much. I used to go to Israel, and I ran into Asia Torah, started to become religious. And when I went back to America 50 years ago, 45, 48 years ago, I stopped in England. I wanted a place to stay, and I called Chabad, and they fixed me a, a Jewish family. And I went to shul with this guy. He was the candy man, and I thought that was very nice. What snagged me was that he would give them a piece of candy, and he would say, Macha bracha, make a blessing before you eat your food. Mm-hmm. And it, I thought it was very nice. After that, it took me a while to figure out how to do it, but then I, I bought lollipops and gave them out. So you became a candy man after you saw a man in England who gave out candies and had the children make brachos. Did you become a candy man in America at that point afterwards? I became a candy man in America, and I just used to buy a bag of uh, dum-dums, which are kosher, made in uh, Toledo, Ohio, mm-hmm. and I was living in Detroit, and I knew the, the kosher supervisor, I will just buy a big bag of those. But when I came here, I wanted a bag. So I was shopping with my daughters and bought a, a purse-ish thing. Like a, like a, like a, a briefcase. A brightly colored, very visible, and years later. And I used it for many years. To keep your candy in? Yeah, yeah, to give out the candy. Mm-hmm. From, yeah. And you made it like that so that kids should see it. And they will know, like, exactly. that's the candy. If I didn't have the bag... <laughs> Then I didn't have the can. Right. So I was once walking home and I passed a shul and there were some boys out there. And one of them said, why are you walking around with such an obnoxious looking bag? And the boy next to him says, what are you crazy? That's Rabbi Schwartz. That's his candy bag. I've been looking for that bag every Shabbos for the past 10 years. <laughs> and every Shabbos I see him and I go up to him and I get a lollipop. And if I don't see that bag, I don't go. I'm glad he has that bag. <laughs> So the Candyman concept, I didn't always understand that the kids were so in tune to know who the Candyman is. And I see now, you'll give the one kid, and then a couple minutes later, that kid will come back with a brother or sister, and then another brother or sister a couple minutes later. Ooh, ooh, can I have candy? Can I have candy? Can I have candy? Or a friend. It's very nice. I started out saying that it was because this rabbi said Machabrucha. And it's very nice when you are able to cause a child to make a brucha, a mitzvah. I cause that mitzvah. And that's beautiful. a beautiful thing. So weird is is that when you daven, most of davening you can't talk. So I didn't remember when I first met this guy where we were in davening, but when we daven, when we pray, it's only good for like the first five minutes, and then I can't talk anymore. So if the kids come up, I'll just hand them, and I can't mm. say I can't say make a bracha. They have to know it's to like make a, a bracha. Quiet relationship. Yeah. Did you ever think about making a sign that says make a bracha, so you don't have to keep saying like saying it then at that time? Great question. I might have done that for a while. I think I did that, and people either couldn't read it because they were too young. They can't read till they're like six years old, maybe. So my specialty is three year olds. I'll give to any age, but three year old, I like them. They're they're very cute and. Number is three. <laughs> three, 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 three.
just the way they react is nice. And they certainly can't read. How do three-year-olds react? Smiley, grateful, happy. Mm -hmm. Grateful. Glad to be at the synagogue. Wonderful place to be. Their parents want them to go to shul to learn to go to shul. They go to shul to get right. So if they're coming to me... They come for you. They come for the candy. And eventually they'll come to pray and come to God. But I'm one of the steps in there. So that's also very nice. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You are helping children appreciate coming to shul. You're sweetening the experience. That's part of the whole thing. And a lot of times it's up to the parents to have the kids end up making the bracha and everything else. So hopefully a kid who learned in the home about brachos will say it and you'll still get that schuss. Absolutely. Yes. Here in Israel, anytime there's a child with a parent, 98% of the time, well, like the, the little kids don't come on their own. So I'll give it to them and then they'll go over to their father and hold it up and they'll make sure that it's kosher. It's always kosher for, for me and they'll get to go ahead and then they're very happy and they eat their lolly. Kosher, 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 I eat only kosher. Kosher, 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 that's the food for me. Especially in Eretz Yisrael, I feel like there's a lot of more different types of hechsherim. So like people maybe want to be more careful yeah. and you know, really make sure that, you know, we don't know who this person is necessarily and not because they don't, you know, respect you. There's really only one or two hechshers that you can give out in the shul. That's mm -hmm. badats, infarata is mostly it. And so you follow the rules of whatever the shul lets, whatever yeah. kind of candy they let you give out. That's well, very, I follow really, the really rules of the most, the most observant shuls so that everybody, mm -hmm. everybody will accept it. You always give out lollipops? I started with hard candies. Here, it's very popular to give out taffy. Toffee, they call it, mm. little toffees. Coffee and ours as well. I have them here and I don't. And I have, I have, in fact, two bags of them that I'm not giving out because they just like lollipops better. And it's, mm. they like lollies. For some reason, the lollipop became a symbol of the Candyman in Shul. I think in America, at least. Well, I know there's another Candyman in, the, in my Shul and he gives out taffies. Or sometimes he'll bring a bag of different things and just let the kid reach in. I was in Detroit and there was a guy that would give out licorice right, right. or something. And on holidays... Uh, we have, uh, it's, a, it's a cookie with marshmallow, chocolate coating, and a little foil around it. Do you know what that is? Crembo, crembo. Crembo, yeah. So, so on holidays, I get about crembos. Yeah. Ooh. So American kids have no clue what crembo is. Huh? American kids probably have never seen is it. the gold standard of, of sweets. So the, the cookie with the marshmallow and the chocolate, and it's big, and it's nice. That's fun. beautiful. Fun, yeah. That's so exciting. It makes Mgyantif extra sweet. What about some chastora? Do you up your game? That's the upped game for me. The crembo. Yeah. Well, instead of walking in with my bag, I walk in with four big boxes. Mm. It's a bigger sign. I mean, they, they see it. They know something's happening. Do they, they come go, running? Uh, I go to shul early. Some people go places early, and I'm one of them. So I'm usually there before the kids. I have an assigned seat, and I'm always in the same place. Mm -hmm. And they know that. What shul are you usually in? Are you in one place? Do you go to different shuls? It's good to have one shul to go to. It turns out I go to one shul in the morning. I go to a different shul at night. Friday night, I go to the shul that I go to at night, and Saturday morning I go to where I go in the morning, and in the afternoon, it'll vary. Are the shuls that you go to Israeli shuls or more American people in the shuls? One's Israeli and one's 50-50. Well, so half and, and half. And the morning shul is half American, half Israeli. So what I'm wondering about is like, if you see a difference with the kids, 
meaning the kids who come to you and they ask for candy or they're just motioning for candy or whatever. They're all well, kids are kids. Kids in America, kids in Israel, kids in France and England. They they come up, they take their lolly and they either some say thank you, some don't say thank you. If the parents are there, they say, Ma Omarim, what do you say? And they'll go, thank you. And and sometimes I'll say to a, like a four or five-year-old who needs the lesson of what do you say, I think that's the learning age when you learn to say thank you. And if I'm able to say maumrim or what do you say, then I'm also able to say make a bracha. Right. If you could talk by that part of davening. What's the oldest age that comes to you for candy? The oldest age. I will have grown-ups come up and say, don't I get one too? I will give them one because why not? It's spreading cheer and everybody wants a lollipop. I love that. Everybody needs a lollipop once in a while. Depending on my mood, I'll give to teenagers who will be initially embarrassed, but they still have the inclination towards sweets. They'll say, no, thank you. I go, come on. And then they take it and they'll... You'll insist. I insist that you have this lollipop. So you go out of your way once in a while, meaning like they don't always come to you. Sometimes you approach. I know that the kids in whatever shul they meet you in, right? Because you have different set places in each minion, it sounds like. I'm sure that they will enjoy all the lollipops and taffies and crembo and everything else you have prepared for them this year. And I don't mm-hmm. give second ones out because when you about two, then they all went two or they all went. As soon as they finish the lollipop, they'll come up and look for another one. Like that's just getting yeah. out of hand. Or like I need to get for my sister and my neighbor and my brother and my cousin, right? They do that in Israel too? They do that. They'll, they'll come up. Can I have one for my brother? And the guy wanted for my sister. And they'll come back a couple of times and some kids will be creative with their thinking. I'm trying to say it nicely. <laughs> it is a talent. <laughs> Negotiators. We call it negotiating. So I say want only, no carry out. In Hebrew, it's only shloach, which is no delivery. <laughs> and I said, whoever wants one has to come here. Rabbi Schwartz, can you give one final message to kids listening out there? What do you think that you can share with kids that you want them to know directly with your knowledge about what you've seen and everything? Children, what you need to know is that in most synagogues, not everyone, but in most, there'll be a candy man or two, sometimes three. And that gives you a great reason to go to shul. And eventually, as you age, you get older, and you learn to pray to to God, you'll have another reason to go to shul, and that's the real reason. And if I can bring you, or the candy man can bring you to shul, to give you any reason to do the right thing, the rabbis say in Torah, Misha, say, Lodishma, Bolishma. If you do something for the wrong reason, but you do the right thing, eventually you'll do the right thing for the right reason. So you go to shul, and you're welcome to come to me and get candy. The reason to go to shul is to pray. And if you go for candy first, that's okay too. You'll get there. Beautiful. Get there. Beautiful. Thank you, Rabbi Schwartz. Have a beautiful Yontif. Thank you. And it was really nice speaking with you. And now it's time for homework. Oh, come on, not that kind. So in today's episode, you got to hear from a kid, a dentist, 
and the Candyman, all talking about the upcoming Yantaf of Simchas Torah and all the things that we should know. So I think you know your homework. Your homework is to eat lots of candy and your homework is to brush your teeth. But what message do I want you to take from the Candyman? And that's the message that I'm going to assign as homework this week for real. The homework is that when you get that candy on Simchas Torah, which I hope you get tons of, take a minute to say thank you. Whether it's a candy man giving you the candy, a parent in shul, or just, you know, the kids in shul who are distributing the pekalach, take a minute to say thank you. Look at the person and think, that was really nice. Some shuls have a team of people that are packing up the stuff and there's people that are actually in charge that are not the ones giving it out. So if you really want to do your homework, you can go and find out who made the candy bags and thank them. Of course, it's a mitzvah to have a karasatov. And at the same time, you are stretching your muscle of having gratitude. And it was a little bit like made me tiny bit sad when I heard that when kids are very little, they're grateful. And then something happens where they just get distracted and maybe someone's not there to say, what do you say? What do you say? Thank you, Toda. But let's do it on our own and let's become that kind of person. And with that, I want to wish everybody a simchadik, exciting, fun, candy-filled, healthy, toothbrushing, and appreciative yantif. And everybody, have a good shmantef. Yumbis. What's it going to be? Let us know. iKidsPodcast at gmail.com. What team are you on? Are you an incredible kid? Send your story to iKidsPodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe today to the Incredible Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, you are all Incredible Kids.